from the Stereo Sound Record Studios, your home for the best in unsigned and indie punk, rock, and metal. This is The Mosh Pit with your host, Wes Everett.
Eons Abyss, the devil. Welcome to the Mosh Pit. It's your host, Wes Everett. And I am here now with the band Revisionist. How you doing today, buddy? I am good. I'm Josh Barbie and I play guitar and revisionist. Very cool. So how has um so we're moving out of the whole lockdown, we're moving out of the whole pandemic thing. Was that yeah. good for you guys writing wise? Um yeah, I think you know it's you just like learn to adapt. So we had just really started to see like a, a, a elevation in the band and started booking a bunch of shows and had a handful of um, tours that were booked right before the pandemic happened, had to cancel all of it. And so there is some like frustration and, and I mean, it affected everybody. So I can be a preaching to the choir with anybody who plays music, but yeah. uh, so we just dove in and we'd already scheduled doing an EP right before the pandemic happened. And uh it got pushed back like four or five times because of nobody really knew what was going on. So they kept like, Oh, it's going to lock down for a month. So we'll push it back a month. And then it just kept getting pushed back. It went from like April to June to July. And then we ended up recording in November. Oh, wow. And so we got to write, we wrote a, like a decent amount for that. And then, uh, uh, that came out this last year. Uh, we did that record, that EP with Aaron Gillespie from under oath also. Yeah. And it was like a what our to, like what our feed you know in that relationship see how the dynamics worked, and then he hit us back up and was like, hey, we're all still kind of in this lockdown thing, but I think we could like develop a. He, he wanted to like build an identity for the band. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got some ideas and stuff that we didn't get to do in the studio the first time. I want to do a full length and like dive in, and so fast forward a, you know, we, about a year from when we released the first record, we recorded the next one or the first EP. And uh, so here we are about to release a full length that we did with him that we recorded back in December. So very cool. It was, it was helpful though. Cause he's just like, what else are you going to do? You sit around and write and be mad. So you just get it out. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've always said. You know, hard times like that usually produce the best as far as arts and entertainment music falls right in there. I mean, of you know, you know, you, you guys were banned in the pandemic, you know, bringing down the i think it was it was also uh we had the mindset that it's probably going to affect a lot of artists Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know instead of looking at it as like man this is it's you know it's just all bad you know you try to find like a silver lining something that you know you can look forward to the positive and i think for us it was like man there's there's a lot of there's a lot of bands out there um and the markets like you know, there's some really good artists. There's also a lot of just people that are out playing. And, you know, we're like, man, there's a lot of people that uh, I think play heavy music for some authenticity. And so they've got some passion. They, they've got something to say, which is kind of like what I grew up in. I had a lot of value. I, I put a lot of value in that. But I feel like there's a lot of bands that are just like, hey, we want to be cool and in a band. <laughs> but there's not a lot of like substance, I think. And so it was like, man, if there's if this pandemic hits, there's going to be a lot of artists that if they're in it for the wrong reasons, will probably die out Yep. because it's hard to sustain it through all of this. And so we kind of took it as like the, you know, viewed it as like an opportunity for this, like sort of a reset with a lot of bands and hoping that we, you know, as long as we could just like outlast the pandemic, <laughs> then, you know, you can fill some of those voids that were left by bands that you oh, yeah. know, just didn't, you know, like just didn't make it. So. Yeah, I got that. Um, so let's talk about your influences on this new EP or is it a full album? Did you say? Yeah, it's a full record. Yeah. This, full uh, album. Okay. Yeah. We did a full length. Uh, we had, we recorded, I think, oh man, we did like 30 songs for this record and narrowed it down and we ended up with like, I think we were releasing 10 and we got one extra one that'll be released as like a bonus song later. Oh, cool. Uh, it'll be like a, 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 an add on or we'll do some like B side stuff. So, um, yeah, full length. Um, and influence. So that, that's an interesting, like I've, I influences growing up. I was like heavily influenced by bands like, uh, poison the well and like bands like from a second story window, some of like chaos heavy, like I wouldn't even call it. It's just a metal band, but, uh, but when we write records, we turn off all heavy music. Mm-hmm. So everybody stops listening to anything that's, they like a color the writing yeah um and so 
you know, when we wrote the record, I mean, there's like, I grew up listening to like, like I said, Poison the Well, bands like Come Back Kid and Every Time I Die are awesome. Cause I'm, I love like riffs and big energy. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you could, you could sense some of that in there from how it's like affected my writing, just like growing up, like how I play. Um, I always talk about how like Russ Cogdale from, you, you know, the Vanzeo is. Mm-hmm. So Russ is like a, the way he writes guitar parts has always been like a really heavy influence in me. And so, um, we don't sound anything like Zeo, but like if you pay attention to some of the guitar stuff, you can pick up on like, oh, he, there's vibe in there. And so, nice. um, but actually writing, it was like we demoed out, like I said, we did roughly like 30 songs for pre-production. And then uh, Aaron is a songwriter by for day job. Like that's mm-hmm. what he does for a living when he's not doing Under Oath and The Almost. Yeah. And uh we built a really good relationship with him. And so instead of coming into the studio with, you know, our completed songs and we just get to record them, he would say, Hey, let's pick a song each day. Let's tear it apart, pick the parts we like, and then rewrite on the spot. So every day we like rewrote, you know, we we might take a song down to like one riff that we actually thought we like needed to keep. Mm -hmm. And then we'd sit down with him and we would write an entire song around uh, that whatever riff we were talking about or one vocal part or one like melody line. That's so cool. It was uh, um, something that I think a lot of people think would be pretty stressful early on, but I think we trusted him. So it became a, like a fun, a fun <laughs> experience. And so every day it was, you know, go, go, go. But we like, we would get done with the song, listen to it back. Oh, we love it. Then we'd be on the next song the next day. And we would write that song. It was so quick that you'd almost forget what you did the day before. Mm-hmm. So when we were like at the end of the recording process, we had to go back and listen to all the songs. And there's like, oh man, I forgot we did this, or I forgot this is in there, right? Because it was just there's always like focus forward as opposed to like what we just accomplished. And so, uh, you know, the, the influences were really just like the vibe in the room. Like, what did the song need? It was never like, oh, it needs to be a heavy song, or it needs breakdowns, or it needs. It was like what is the vibe right now this second what should the part be and just go with it and so um it was a lot of like coming up with stuff on the spot mm-hmm. so it was it was cool aaron's like a wealth of knowledge the gfm band framing my perception
so it's cool to like work with somebody who is so good at his trade yeah definitely dude that's awesome i i love hearing the way that the songs will come together like that's one of one of the questions i like to ask is you know when you're in studio when you get that vibe what is it like you know do you have any pre-game plans before you go in studio to do you know i gotta get my mindset i gotta get you know i gotta have my drink i gotta have this do, do you play music i do not i do not i only um i am just a podcaster i've got like a ton of guitars for my yeah. bands when they're here but cool. I don't play <laughs> so like every time i've ever been in a studio uh but i've been playing for a long time and it's you come in with all your songs and it's like you know you, your first two three days or however long you need is like just only drums and you record drums for every song and then you go through and layer everything out and uh when we did the ep with aaron we came in and he was like i don't want to do that that sucks you you know you end up like one person does a bunch of recording for you know a handful of days and then it's one person for another couple of days and then you know other everyone else is sitting around with their thumbs in their ass like just like waiting for their turn and then by the time you're done with it you don't you don't really get to like create you just get to record what you already did before you came in mm-hmm. and so he was like i want to do a song a day start to finish we're only doing you know and so if we run with more time we can do and we can start another song but he was like you know so we would come in in the morning and he'd take an hour and we would you know take the uh uh our demo track he'd put it in his his like uh, uh pro tool session put a like a metronome over it and then he would like cut all the pieces out and then spread it out oh, and wow, take wow. each individual part as it went and so he'd be like oh i i love this part i hate this part and so he'd delete it and then there'd still be a click there but there'd be like negative space and so mm-hmm. it was wild because he'd be like talking to our drummer and they'd be talking about like what kind of drum vibe it needed and then he's like, all right, we good to go. And he'd send the drummer off to the other room and he would have a demo or like a, like a a click in his ear, but it'd be parts of the song we recorded in pre-production. And then there'd just be like nothing but click in sections. He'd have to remember what they decided on. And then it like the song would come and go in the track and then it'd be like, all right, he's done. Then now it's guitar and bass. And what do we need to fill these gaps that we want to rewrite in? And, uh, but it was it was really daunting the first time we did this because it's like I I don't know what like I don't know what's going on I don't know uh, and it ended up being one of those like natural things I've ever done with music mm-hmm. and you know we get done with a day and we could listen back to a song that was completed you, know, you hear all the and obviously it's not mixed but you know all yeah. the tracks are all the, the 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 bones of it are done and then you get to leave every day with a win. And then that song's right. Cause you were also writing some, some of it on the spot mm-hmm. uh, affects day two's writing. Cause now you're getting in the zone. You're getting in this like vibe yeah. of like, okay, this is this, you know, and, and how does the second song feel? We'd, we'd pick the night before, like what song, you know, he'll give us like two options. Like I want to record a or B. So we'd pick a, whatever song it was. And then, you know, you've already got a vibe from the day before, so then it colors the writing of day two and then yeah. day three. And then it's like, man, we've been doing, you know, we've been riding this wave, but we think the record needs this type of song to like shift the mood. And so then because we've been writing as we go, we can feel the mood shift in the studio and we write something different for it. And so uh, it, it was really daunting at first because you got to be really flexible. Mm-hmm. And uh, he preaches. So he's got a, he always says song is king. So you get a lot of people that they get in the studio and it's like, well, I, I play guitar, so I have to write the guitar parts or I play bass, I want to write my bass parts. And right. uh, it was interesting because because we all trust each other, nobody cared who played what. Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, and when we did that EP, the guy who engineered the record, there were parts that he played on the record because he just had an, happened to have an idea instead of like, <laughs> what do you guys think? Or I got to teach somebody a part so you can put your player on it. It was yep. just like hot potato with the guitar. Like, <laughs> whoever's got the idea, let's go. And so it became this like real collaborative experience. And so when we came to do this record, it was like we already knew that that was how we were going to do it. And we trusted the process because it was so smooth <laughs> the first round. And uh, 
we didn't record in a studio this time. Um, the the last EP we did, we recorded in this like beautiful space in Albuquerque, and it was like all the bells and whistles and mojo and vibe, and it was really cool. And Aaron this time decided he wanted to uh, record the record himself mm-hmm. instead of going to somebody else's studio. And he was like, I just want to focus on the hangout and writing. I, we just need a space we can have access to. And so we ended up recording in an empty loft above a bar downtown. We like went in and hung a bunch of blankets and set it up to like be as like sound damn as possible. And uh, it was, like, there was no, there was like HVAC hanging from the ceiling. They didn't put power in until like a week before we got there. Um, and it literally was like plywood on the floor because they hadn't put flooring in yet. Like it was like not a finished space. Yeah. And, uh, but we like set it up to turn it into a studio. We've got some videos on our YouTube channel showing the space, but uh, there was no like, oh, I've got to be particular and everything's got to be in its place. We were just like, six dudes that wanted to like hang out and we were we kind of became family after the last record and so it was like oh we just get to hang out and just jump right in and like do what we what we did last time yeah it's kind of like just being at home it really was it was was, was really cool so and like i picked up i think i picked up aaron from the airport we flew in and i picked him up from the airport at like 11 o'clock that morning uh, the guys were at the studio space that what we turned into a studio just like set it all up um, we got there about noon and while he was setting up drums with our drummer we left to get lunch and we came back and drums and bass were already recorded for the first song so half, wow. we didn't we just thought they were gonna like be trying you know like setting up level yeah uh, we got back and we're like oh shoot i gotta jump in and figure out where <laughs> we're at like and so but it was like that's how smooth it was because it was it was mm. like such a good relationship that we were just like, oh shoot! Like I'm, I'm talking like 30 minutes went by, and like we show back up and we're like, wait, what? Like you guys are already all right? Are you like so, I think we finished the first song by like 3:30 that day. Wow, that so, that's that's really cool. Like yeah, it was cool. Just throwing it down. I mean, because well, was that three hours, give or take? Three, like three four hours, give or take. Yeah. yeah. So, and it helps because like Aaron had, we, we did some several Zoom sessions before he flew into town. Um, I think the last one we did was like a three hour session where mm-hmm. we sat down and listened to all the songs. We picked what songs we thought we were going to put on the record. And then he did a lot of like editing where he, uh, where he lives in Utah. Mm-hmm. And so he came in with a bunch of sessions that he was like, here's kind of where I think the song should go. Let's figure out if we all are on the same page and edit if we need to. And so we all came in pretty prepared, but yeah, it was like, it, it was like, we were already so comfortable that we just jumped in and I think we were done, like I said, less than four hours for the first song. And it was like, Oh, well, we're right back into how it was last time. Like, so it was cool. That's awesome. I love hearing stories like that. Cause a lot of times you hear the stories from the bands where they're like, so we got in the studio and basically wasted the first day arguing over which song we were going to record. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it was cool because you hear the horror stories about some producers you know people come in and they don't like working with them or they're difficult and you know like well they they see a different vision than we see and so they argue in the studio and i think that we decided that you should pick the right person to begin with mm-hmm. and trust the process and so you know the the time for argue. I mean, we, we we if there's something we like really wanted to argue, we we would, but we didn't really argue hardly at all because it's like we chose him, and if we're spending all our time arguing, then we made the right choice to begin with. Like we shouldn't have picked him if we're you know. And so we really did a. It was like a committing to the process of like we know what this guy does and what our relationship is. So whatever he wants to do unless it's like completely out of left field and something we all really disagree with like what's the harm and like following through with who we hired we hired him to like work with us so it's like it's it's hard to tell the you know they they define they created a genre of heavy music it's hard to tell that guy like you don't know what you're talking about yeah like (laughs) exactly it's a little ridiculous and so it was like all right cool like let's see where it goes and I think bands argue because it's like, you know, they, they lose sight of the long picture, like the long game. And it's like, mm-hmm. this would be the last piece of music we record. Yeah. 
Exactly. So if if there's something that we go with in the moment that like later on we're like, man, I don't, you know, it didn't pan out how we thought it would. Mm-hmm. But if we were in it and believed in it and it was authentic in the moment, then like adjust on the next time you record a record and implement what you learned instead of throwing yeah. faith in the moment, ruining the experience. So yep. we just we just trust the narrative. You know what we want. You understand the bigger picture, and you're not as attached to it as we are. So, you know, let us know what to work on. Revisionist Deathbed Kings. just go with it yeah it was cool that's cool man um talking about you guys how long have you guys been together as a band so we 
we released our first record in 2019. Okay. Um, it was a studio project before that. And then uh, got a couple of friends together, played hand, small handful of shows. And then um, it wasn't really like a serious band or something that really got a lot of anybody's like effort for mm. about two years. And then when the record came out, we decided we wanted to take it more seriously. And so that was that 2019 year was really when it was like, okay, we're going like, to do some pushing on it. So uh, 2019 is kind of what we consider the beginning of the band. But I guess um, as far as live shows goes, you know, what's so far has been one of your favorite venues to play? Oh, man. Uh, so if I would would talk about locally there's a place here called temple live um and they uh, it's a company that's based out of arkansas they go in and purchase um old uh, like uh, freemason temples mm-hmm. and turn them into music venues they've got like big theaters and stuff and so they it's ornate and elaborate and there's stained glass everywhere and there's like um you know all of that stuff and uh so it's like a really cool space yeah, and so that's, that's like one of our favorite like local venues. Um, we, I think, if I was going to talk like all over the place for my favorite venue, it would probably be um, Come and Take It down in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, is probably one of my favorite venues outside of uh, our area. So, very cool. Uh, do you guys have any plans to tour, like a big tour? Are you guys going to come to Atlanta? Is basically what I'm asking you. That is, that's the plan. Um, I know that we're doing like a couple week run out to Cincinnati and back in September. Um, we, it's so it's hard. So after you talked about the pandemic being over and it's like all of those tours that were already booked mm-hmm. when touring started again, they all unpaused. And so the market got slammed with tours. Yep. And so, uh, the goal is to get down there and, uh, we actually came through and played there a couple years ago, right when that first record came out um, with a band called Nihil from Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that's the goal. Uh, we just got a booking agent. We started working with perennial talent out of Oklahoma. And okay. uh, hopefully this record is like the catalyst that we need to start getting onto some like support tours. Mm-hmm. So is Atlanta still gross and hot? Yes. Yes. And it's worse now. I don't know yeah, what happened. Uh, we got, I mean, I remember it took us like three hours to get through Atlanta with traffic. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Not it Atlanta, hasn't changed. It's like Atlanta's like two hours from Atlanta. So, so I didn't realize you were in Atlanta. Do you know who, uh, are, do you like, uh, do you like Twitch streaming or YouTube stuff at all? Uh, I don't. I mean, I watch a little bit, but I don't you participate. Know, do you know who, uh, AMP is? Have you heard of that? I have. Uh, my little brother works for AMP in Atlanta. Oh, that's awesome! So they're like a, it's like a massive like Twitch streaming and then YouTube channel. Yeah, very so, cool. So he does like video content for them down there. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. He came up and actually helped us. We shot three videos in like, uh, was it like April? Mm-hmm. Uh, he does videography and he was like, Hey, let's like knock a bunch of stuff out. So we did like three music videos over like four days. Oh, wow. And just like banged a bunch of stuff out. And so, um, but yeah, he, he lives down there. He's a, uh, he's got a Twitch channel called aim high. And uh, he also works for the AMP house, I think still. So I know he lives with them. So. Okay, cool. I'd have to check that out. Yeah, um, it's cool. Cause we've got from where we are right here, we've got another studio right across the wall that these two basements are almost attached oh cool and that one over there is unfinished and we keep throwing ideas about what to do with it and honestly it would make a killer like music venue well not really a venue but like a music video shoot because it's very dark very dank you know something grungy yeah it'd be a hell of a spot to shoot in and i've thrown it out to a few bands around here and nobody wants to take it nobody i mean we're not even gonna charge to use it just use it <laughs> yeah 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 he's uh he does like so he doesn't he's shot uh, he actually shot a video that we released um right before that last ep it was his first music video but he's always done video like 
work in the industry, just not music videos. Mm-hmm. And then um, he started doing some more of it. I think he, he really wants to get into film, like actually doing like like feature films and stuff. And so he's yeah. that's his goal. So he, he helps us out on the side because it helps grow his resume while he's also doing all these other projects. Yeah. And so um, I'm excited. It's cool to get to work with family that, you know, when you don't hate each other but mm. from working together. <laughs> so he did a good job. Dude, that's that's killer man that's killer and you know being able to help each other out without having to come out a lot of money too right dude that's that's best of both worlds so you mentioned goals what uh what are your three goals for the next 12 months for revisionist oh man um so we so i think small goal is we bought a bus that we started converting into an rv cool um, and we're real close to finishing. So the goal is get it finished um, because then we, you know, we can uh, travel quite a bit more. Uh, we put a bunch of money into it. So it was like buy a van or buy something that we can also like sleep and live in when we're mm-hmm. traveling. Um, so that's probably the most immediate goal. Um, and then secondly would be working on getting on like a bigger support tour this winter. And we do have, uh, we've been, we've been in talks with a couple bands for some stuff that could actually be really cool for us. So we're scratching the surface of something that might actually happen. So, um, and then I would say, uh, Oh man, I don't know. Like a third one. I mean, it would probably be, so we're doing like a waterfall release. So we're doing several singles kind of like they do for like hip hop releases. Mm-hmm. So it'd be this, uh, campaign for the the album release really knocking it out of the park with our PR push. Um, I'd like to see us, uh, you know, get uh, basically like more attention than we got than on the the EP that we did before. So I think those would be the three things: is like execute on our marketing plan. So, yeah. Anova Skyway translucent.
Very cool, man. If there's anything that the mosh pit can help with, let us know. Cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So we we shot we we shot three videos so far, and we have two more that are scheduled. And so instead of doing that, where we like release like one single, then just put the record out, we decided we wanted to, you know, like every six or so weeks, put out another video and single, and just yeah. keep trying to funnel people over, hoping that. You know, they'll listen to the first one and then the second one comes out and they'll like, you know, some of those people will be like, oh, cool. I like this first, you know, this other song. I'll listen to the first one and then trickle down. So uh, it's something new for us, but we wanted to try to spread it out a little bit. Yeah. So give people more content as we go. Gotcha. So with the new album being, you said 10 tracks with a little bonus, 11? Uh, um, yeah. Are you, how many are you planning to release four singles? Maybe four? Uh, looking like four or five, yeah. Four or five. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one of the videos is contingent. So we have a, a, a feature on the record that we were really stoked on. And we have an idea that ties into the other videos. And it's just a matter of the logistics of getting um, him in the video. Mm -hmm. So if we can make it work, then we'll do that one as a video. If we can't make it work, then we you know that's like our that fifth like is it going to happen or not so gotcha. um do you remember uh i'm sure you do but that band pod oh yeah uh their singer sunny is on the record oh cool so very cool that was that was really cool some of us are older and we like i remember growing up listening to like South, fundamental elements of south town and uh yep. he this up uh, we ended up interacting when we released that ep and he had been like sharing stuff about the band and got to came and hung out a couple of times and it turned into like a really organic, just like building of a friendship. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, make sure to like write a spot for me on the record and I'll be on it. And so we like did a song that vibes with him on the record. It's a little new metal, but like it's uh it fits in the record, but it was something that like we got to do and build a relationship and friendship with him. So um, he agreed to be in it. Like say, he said he would be in a video. Um, we just had to figure out like, do we got to, like, can we get him here? He's so busy because they're doing a new POD record right now. Um, oh, nice. And so we like, do we fly out to San Diego? Uh, he said he could also like probably shoot out there for his parts. Mm -hmm. and then we'll do ours here. So who just kind of we'll mesh them together. Yeah. We'll figure out if we can make it work. Uh, um, but either way, it's a cool experience that somebody like that's like stoked on it and helping us out. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's gonna be killer. I definitely want to check that song out. It's a it's a fun one. It's fun to play too. We've been playing a bunch of the new songs live lately, just to like have some fun with new material. And so I think we played a festival in up by uh, close to Chicago in Champaign called uh, Audio Feed. Mm -hmm. And I think we the entire set I think was we played like all but two of the new songs. That was all we, we just played all the new music just for the hell of it. So yeah, nice. Get, get them out there. So, oh, yeah. Well, me, well, Josh, dude, I appreciate you sitting in with the mosh pit hanging out with me today. Yeah. Um, let everybody know where they can find you on all the socials. Uh, so, yeah, we're Spotify, Apple Music, I mean, everywhere you can find, you got Facebook, Instagram. We got our web store on Bandcamp, which is bandcamp.com backslash revisionist. Um, and, uh, just uh, be paying attention. Go follow this Spotify because that first single that comes out, um, you'll get an alert for it. So if you're following it, it'll let you know about it. So, um, and then the new album is called Dirty Candy. So, cool, cool. And um, do you have any advice for any up and coming bands trying to make a name for themselves in this business? Oh, so ask other bands in your area questions. So there's always every every market has bands that are like I don't want to say better than whoever like you are, but they're like more established or they have you know there's kind of like the top of the mountain in like regions, mm. um, even if it's not in your city. So if it's you live in a, a town where like the next city over has got a band doing more, like reach out and ask them what they're doing. Uh, you know, ask them. most bands you'd be surprised will like give you some advice, um, and so you can also turn that into relationships. And you'd be surprised, like, how many small things that bands don't think of that really affect their ability to get shows mm -hmm. or grow. Um, simple things is most bands don't even know how to, like, strike equipment off stage quickly and properly. And they can't figure out why venues don't like them. It's like, well, because it takes you 10 minutes to get off stage. Like, you know, and so asking questions and being, like, willing to, like, 
you know, listen and obviously you got to take everything with a grain of salt, but like figure out where you can apply the advice. And so mm. ask questions and uh, then you're, uh, you get to be competitive in a fun way rather than, rather than being competitive in like a hater way. Mm. Yeah, we've developed friends where like we're incredibly like, competitive with, but we are supportive because we built a relationship as opposed to you see bands that are like, you know, they, they end up hating other bands that are like more successful in their area. And then it creates like a divide in the market instead of being like, you know, we, we just want to hang out and learn and then we're coming for you yeah. kind of thing. And so it like creates like a healthy, like a healthy competition, but you also learn. So don't be afraid to ask questions would be my biggest advice. Cool. That is good advice. It was very good advice because who knows if a band's tried the thing that you're trying, they go, I can show you a better way. <laughs> yeah. Or like they've already made the mistakes. Mm-hmm. No sense in making them twice. That's right. Toads, cats can fly.